Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. G'day, Legends, and welcome to another episode of Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Triumph and Disaster, who I'm a big fan of and I've loved for years. If you don't have a skincare regime, I recommend you try Triumph and Disaster. And ladies, um, if you're looking for a gift for someone that's hard to buy for, your boyfriend, your brother, your dad, granddad, whoever, I recommend the Triumph and Disaster Travel Kit. It's uh, got a little bit of everything in it, and it's so good. Once you try the stuff, there's no turning back, and I'm not just saying that because they sponsor the podcast. I truly mean it. Thank you very much for being here. Very exciting episode. We speak to the lovely and talented Brody Kane. Maybe you follow Brody on Instagram, where she's got a massive following. She loves to run. She's done a whole lot of TV stuff as well, if the name sounds familiar, but you can't quite picture it. She's been on Fair Go, Breakfast, Seven Sharp done a bunch of TV stuff and she's going to be in this season of Dancing with the Stars. It was just announced a couple of days ago. She's an absolute treasure and it's an honour to have her on the podcast. Oh, Dom, look, it's a pleasure <laughs> to be here. Look, if there's any advice I can give you, is do what you want when you want. You set the rules now, okay? Okay, I will, I will. Um, I love your podcast, Kiwi Yarns. Listen Thank to it every you. week. Um, you, you don't have theme music. Why don't you have a theme song? Oh, just there's just a little guitar bit at the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like an intro. Yeah, they, I, I, um, I'm sort of like more on the basic side of things. I think right. I'm like in out people. People don't need they don't come mm. to me for the music. They come to me for my witty, for chat. highly researched interviews. You know. Oh, that makes me feel bad now. Mine is epic. I've heard it. I've heard it. <laughs> okay, have you got a couple of minutes to sit here? It's quite long. Yes. That's what a lot of people have been saying. They're like, it's very, very long. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Cue the intro. Hey, runners only. Yeah, yeah, let's get it started. Hey, hey, this is runners only with Dom Harley. Fast paced, slow and steady. Anywhere you coming. Just want to connect for everyone who loves running. This is runners only. Yeah, yeah, let's get it started. Hey, hey. This is Runners Only with Dime Harvey. Uh, fast paced, slow and steady, any way you coming. Uh, just want to connect for everyone who loves running. Hey, Runners Only with Dime Harvey. Oh, I, I've got goosebumps. I get goosebumps every time I hear that. Who is that? Is that Dane Rumble? No, it's some dude on oh. Fiverr. You know the app Fiverr? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some American guy paid him oh. like 80 bucks, 90 bucks. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. You, you need a theme song. Well, mine just goes <laughs> Kiwi Yarns with Brody Kane and a bit of guitar that my mate Braden played for me, actually. So oh, that sounds really good. How are you? I'm I'm actually fantastic. You um, yeah, I was going to say you won't believe this, but you probably will. Um, I put a thing on my Instagram last week saying um, any any suggestions for people you'd like to hear as a guest on Runners Only. Your name came up more than anyone else. Ooh. Your name came up so often. Yeah, you've 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 just got this um. I don't know this, this this fan base or this this community that you've connected with, and uh, I was I was thinking about it on the drive in because uh, you, you've been around for ages. Like you're on radio live, you've you've been on Q and A, fair go. You're on breakfast for a while, then on radio. But I feel like your your fan base and these people that connect with you, this is something that you've built up on your own independently. Is that fair? Actually, I I I agree with you with that in terms of particularly around the running and stuff like that. And I think that perhaps that's because. With something like Instagram, which, you know, 
judge it or not, whatever you like, um, you actually can connect with people um, on a on a personal level, and I just sort of treat <laughs> I just sort of treat Instagram as my own little television show. Like I'm like, well, I don't have my own TV show, and I don't have a radio show anymore. So this is where I can just have a yarn, and and more often than not, I'm just it's because I'm by myself, and I think of something funny, and I'm like. Oh, I need to share that because that's quite funny. Or you know, yeah, like yeah. I just, I just sort of, it's just little snippets, I guess, of your life, and that's just sort of has happened, and and it has, I guess, the following has increased. Um, interestingly, as I've not been on, I guess, mainstream media, so yeah, it's it's cool. Oh, I think it's something to be proud of. Yeah, I think, and and because because you you can be for one, you can be entirely authentic. Yeah, to- totally, and I think that. Um, you're constantly reminded that that is actually what people want to see. Um, and ha- people having been able to see what that looks like and what the alternative looks like, I think it's quite refreshing for people. And you, you can't bullshit people. They they know. Well, they smell it a mile away. Yeah, yeah they do. <laughs> so what, what's your history with running? Like, what's your what's your why? Why did you start? I know you did your very first marathon in 20, 2018? Yes, 2018, it was. First it was. full marathon in 2018. So why did you start running? Well, okay, so quite often people say, have you always been able to run? And I kind of think that I have. I have. And so when I was a teenager, I did lots of surf lifesaving. So, like, surf lifesaving and swimming were my first sort of, I guess, passions in terms of sport. And then I think I did, like, a couple of half marathons in my 20s, like, boozing up at uni, then it's like, oh, gosh, I better go and do a <laughs> half marathon or something. Um, and then I think, like, I must have done the the Auckland half marathon the year before, so 2017. And I remember you would have done that. You've done the, the Auckland Yeah, many year, times. Yeah. Yeah. And so you know where um, you, you, you're doing the half and then you're about to run into Victoria Park and then the sign says to turn left if you're going to continue doing oh, the yeah. full marathon. Oh, yeah, that is the cruelest sign in the yes, world. <laughs> yes, and then the and then obviously you turn right to finish the half. And I just remember that year going... I need to go. I need to go left one day. I need. I need to go left, and so I immediately decided that that's what I was going to do. Um, and so, yeah, I did it the year after, and it was one of those experiences that you're like, that is a really hard thing. That's a really bloody hard thing to do, but then something just sort of keeps you in. And I think it's the whole personal journey. Gosh, I try not to use too many cliche words, but no, no, go the ahead. whole journey of learning how far you can actually push yourself. And I think that doing something like that can actually teach you a lot about yourself and then that really can sort of be crossed over into every other part of your life. Like, oh, 100%. Yeah. I, I agree. Like, There's parallels between distance running and, and just life in general. Like, um, you, you have shitty periods and then you get through it and you feel good again. So, yeah, and, and so I... Training for that marathon, I did most most of it by myself, which I wouldn't I wouldn't say I don't know I, I enjoy training with people more now I enjoy sort of going on adventures and stuff like that but it is quite good to do that because you need to learn you need to have your amazing runs you need to have your really hard training runs and figure out a lot of stuff in your own head yeah because you know it, it's a classic. Um, saying, but it is really about the top two inches with with long distance running, and so you have to be able to find your way out of some really dark places <laughs> that no one else can really help you with, you know. So, yeah, yeah. so and and so from then it was like, 
okay, I really like that. I like how that whole experience went. I kind of knew as well, I don't know, I hit my 30s and and, and, and I'm still in them now and I feel like you just sort of really hit your straps in terms of having quite a good balance of physical and mental toughness that you, when you're 20s, you're like, I don't care enough kind of thing about that, but really feel like that was something that became quite apparent to me. I feel like you must have always had it, though, to a degree. I mean, you were in, we'll, we'll get to this later, but you were in the army for a time. So yes. I feel like there must have been that sort of grit or that resilience or that determination there all along. No? Yeah, yeah. Always been a, a pretty physical person, always been quite competitive within myself. And then having two pretty legendary parents in a, you know, a sporting family, um, always aware of, of, of what they had done and, you know. What had they done? Well, so if you let's just take mum. The the I guess like dad would go. Oh gosh, I'm nothing like n- nothing like mum. But he, you know, he was a good runner. He was a really good runner. Um, so he did. Uh, um, he you know he did marathon. He did the Kepler track and stuff like that. Wow. Mum um, has done some pretty remarkable things. So she's done two full Ironman um, marathons, Kepler track, nine coast to coasts, and then she when she was forty, she swam the Cook Strait. Get out. Uh, yeah. Really? Yes, yes. What? How many hours? Um, what does that take? Yeah, she was... 12 hours? 10 hours, 10 hours 52. She did 32 Ks. The shortest distance between the North and the South Island is 21, but she did 32 because that piece of water is so notorious. And that was her second attempt, by the way, too. The first attempt, which happens to a lot of people, had to be pulled out because the tides and the winds change at a moment's notice and she never would have made it to land. So she had to go back like four weeks later and and do it again and did it. So like, oh, that's extraordinary. Yeah. So she's wow. quite quite a remarkable woman, and 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 never someone that was um, the fastest ever, but just her toughness and her endurance has been something that I've always looked up to. So it's funny that she her first her first like sort of I guess into long distance stuff was the coast to coast and I was only six months old so she that was in her 30s as well when did she train she, oh. she <laughs> I don't know was she out kayaking with you in the yeah, last trimester yeah. at the front pack and stuff like that <laughs> hey? you know like but so um, yeah so she 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 just is amazing so it's funny sort of watching what she did in her 30s and how I'm sort of like creeping in there and doing sort of some similar stuff. Yeah, do you feel like that's in your future, like um, going further or going longer, doing more gnarly trails and ultras and things? I can tell you I will absolutely never swim the Cook Strait. (laughs) I've got no desire to (laughs) do that. There's a theory. The theory's perfectly good. It is quite good. You know, they do a good hot chip (laughs) and a nice cold beer. And that's, you know. Pies are a little old. You can also fly over it as well, (laughs) you know. Um, But, yeah, it's funny. I don't know, like. You probably feel this as well, where I remember doing my first marathon and I was like, shit, that's a big day. Then you're like, oh, it's like, it was only four, and four hours and a few minutes and da-da-da-da and that's fine. And then you're like, no, that was, that's a really long way. And then you see people doing ultras and you're like, oh, that's just stupid. And then you're like, oh, it's only a few more hours. And so then this year I was training for the coast to coast and that's two days. <laughs> so all of a sudden you've gone from thinking that, you know, just over four hours is a, is a really long time and then you're about to bloody traverse across the country. So you do, you do creep up. But yeah, I have your, just, your goalposts that have changed, don't they? Yeah. But I have just been watching the people that have done God's own and that looks ridiculous. But then I'm like, well, 
ask me in five years, I'll probably be bloody doing God's own. And you do it as a team too, which I yeah. think would make it more fun. Yeah. So 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 back to your first marathon. So yes. um, you reach the finish line. What what happens then? Did you burst into tears? Did you just have this feeling that anything you can put your mind to in life, you will? So it was actually interesting because, again, mum had given me the piece of advice that I would pass on to anyone that was doing a marathon for the first time, finish it and try and finish it with a smile on your face. Because so many people are like, what time are you aiming for? Or what are you, you know, what mm. pace are you? And, and so, which we can get to on the disaster that was the second marathon I ever did. <laughs> but so I just constantly said to myself, this is an experience and just try and enjoy it. And so for most of it, I mean, it's a weird enjoyment, isn't it? Because it's not like, oh, this is fun. Like, whoa, you're like, my legs are fucked. It's hot, but here I am kind of thing. I think the, no, the fun comes afterwards, right? They're just that, that minute you cross the finish that line. feeling of self-satisfaction. Yeah. And yeah, you've done something pretty special. Yeah. So I, 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 I thought that I... I thought that I would burst into tears. I burst because I burst into tears watching other people. Like when you know when you go to the finish line of anything, it's like, oh my god, this is so amazing. But I didn't. But I was just really, really stoked, and I was like, there is a small percentage of the world that do these, and I'm now part of that. So it was a very cool feeling. And then, boy, gosh, that first cold, crisp glass of champagne, and then the massive feed that you're allowed to have afterwards. You're like, yep, this is worth it. Yeah, it's, it's weird because the, the Auckland Marathon always starts really early. So when you finish, it's like 9 a.m., 10 a.m. <laughs> but alcohol seems perfectly reasonable at that yeah. time of the day. Yeah, no, it was, and it was a beautiful day. And it was, it was just, it was cool. And I thought, okay. And do you know what, though? The weird thing that you find also is that you have a weird couple of days afterwards, which are actually almost. What, anti- like a post run depression? Yeah, anticlimactic. Right, like, right. Well, I, I feel it. It's a weird feeling. Um, I think you can get better and get used to it and, and sort of like channel it out as you go on. But I just remember the, the couple of days afterwards being like, oh, what do I do now? Mm. And then you can also go through a mindset, which again, I think you can manage over time, of being like, oh my God, I like, you know, you have a couple of days off and then you're like, oh gosh, I need to go running because I'll lose all my fitness. Which, you, <laughs> which breaking news, you don't. You don't. Yeah. But, you know, like it takes your body a long time to recover from something like that. But then I was like, okay, that was fun. Um, let's think about what, what might be next. So, yeah. So it was, a, it was, it was as a first marathon experience, it was, it was pretty good. <laughs> Second one. Where was this? But was this oh, Queenstown? Man, it just still, still makes me yeah. Right. Yeah, it was in Queenstown. So do do do, do, do you want to discuss your time or anything? It's, it's oh, one of those so, ones that I'm, I never really bring up with people unless they're elite because it's very personal. Well, no, and I think it doesn't really matter. It's funny because you, I think you, uh, like I am competitive in myself, but I've also again evolved over time in terms of what that actually means to me. So when I did Auckland, I came across four hours fifteen. Right, that's and, a good time. Yeah, that's I mean, I was time. like, oh, that's great. Um, the funny thing was I was running with a, a, a girlfriend of mine. We'd, we'd sort of kept our tr- – she lived in Auckland. I was living at Christchurch at the time. At about 26 or 27, we'd promised each other. I said, if you feel better than I do, you need to go and vice versa because this is our own runs. And so at about 26 or 27 Ks, she was like, I, I think I'm, I'm going to go. And I was like, mate, go. Like, 
absolutely go. And so I said, but warning, like, yeah, the race starts at 30. Don't yeah, forget that. Yeah, I was going to say, 26 is still very early in the race. I was a bit nervous for her, but she away she went, and she finished at, like, four, you know, because a lot of people would love the idea of running under four hours, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a and time goal. And so she came in at 4.01, and I said, do you know why? I said, it's because we took that selfie on the bridge. And it was like, she was like, oh, no. But it was fine. You know, she laughed about it and it was cool. But I did a four hours 15. And That's then. Cool. Well, it, ma- magic numbers are funny things, aren't they? Because they're so, they ma- they're meaningless. Like m- for mine was breaking three hours and I did it once and then. Uh, did you the, enjoy it though? Well, I, I, I enjoyed like working toward the, the stress building up to that goal was awful. Yeah, and yeah. I had so much self doubt. When I did it, I felt amazing. And I feel like I could even maybe do a faster one than two hours 57. But I don't know. If the enjoyment or satisfaction I'd get out of going faster would be worth the pain I'd, I'd put yeah. myself through, and that's what Mum said when she. So yeah, so she d- did a um, she it did do a sub four, um, and she said it was back in the day when you didn't have a bloody garment on. She literally the top like <laughs> the written down on her pe- on her hand with a pen and was like, oh yeah. And so she said, I never that was one that I'll I'll never actually remember that for anything good. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, she was like, yeah, I've got so many other amazing memories of runs. But yeah, so I finished Auckland in 4.15 and I was like, right, well, bloody hell, under four, let's go, kind of thing. And I, uh, look, I didn't have enough, no one briefed me enough about how bloody hilly Queenstown was. <laughs> and by oh, the way, oh, by the way, <laughs> yeah, go. hashtag flat out beautiful. Oh, yeah, yes, I was going to say that, there's, there's billboards at the airport. That's their marketing slogan. That's I, someone taking the piss. I just, it's so the opposite of what I would describe. <laughs> now, Christchurch flat out the run it's not that beautiful but it's very flat so I sort of no one had said to me it's really hilly so it's probably not the best course to try and go under four hours no and there's some gnarly trails on the edge of Lake Hayes actually there's there's one hill at the end of Lake Hayes where it's so steep you have to walk yes I did I can confirm I did that (laughs) and so I had done a lot of training I was you know I'd done a lot of running it was a big build up um and uh, there's hindsight's a beautiful thing the week in the lead up was too busy I'd, i had too many commitments and stuff and then i went <laughs> i went into this run and i you know you have your yeah you have your idea of your times and stuff and i hit the first um first uh 10k's in like yeah 57 minutes and you're like wicked yeah good on pace and then Literally shat the bed with in about with about sixteen k's in, around Lake Hayes, and I sort of was trying to, and my heart rate was just so high it was quite hot, and and at that point though you're like oh it's just a couple of hills you'll get through this you know you're fine you're fine you're fine, and then yeah you get down this hill and go back up to a drink station which must be at about yeah seventeen and a half yeah, k's I, I can or picture something. the one you mean yeah, and and that's at the top of a hill, and I was like. I'm actually, I'm actually feeling really shit, and 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 then you're like, but I shouldn't be because I'm not even halfway. My God, <laughs> my God, and it, I just, I just had from that moment, from about 17 k's, when I actually owned up to the fact that I felt horrific, and how am I going to get myself out of it? It took me to about 29 k's, so I had 12 k's. Of, mm, just of, negative headspace. Of just being so beside myself. Yeah. And I, I remember running past mum. Mum was at like, yeah, 22 Ks. And I had tears down my face and she was just like, ooh, ooh, shit. <laughs> Stay out of her way today. You're all right. <laughs> You've got this. You know, and so the, the, 
what you go through in that, what I went through was anger, sadness, frustration, and you're really pissed off at yourself. And you to combine that with feeling like you've, you're so physically exhausted. Why, why did you feel, did you feel like you'd let yourself down? Why, why yeah, did you? I felt, I was like, oh my God, you've been training for months and now you're not even right. halfway and, you, and you, you've had a right. terrible time. You're having a terrible time and this is all your fault. God, it's strange. I'm, I'm exactly the same. It makes zero sense. Like you could just pull out. You could DNF. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. No one's going to give a shit. Yeah. And so I feel like what was amazing though, and do you know what? I'm really glad it happened. I'm really glad it happened. I feel like every person needs a bad run because what you can learn about yourself in terms of what you can push yourself through and what you can push your mind and your body through. So that 12Ks was like just trying to work through and flip yourself through to like, okay, it's not going to go to plan. Don't worry about times. You just have to finish it. So and have then, fun. Enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so beautiful. It was beyond that. Yeah. And so then by the time I sort of across that beautiful historic bridge at the shot over, and then I was like, okay, all right. You just like, and my mate, my, my, my feet were barely leaving the ground, you know, and I just, <laughs> just the shuffle. I shuffled to Queenstown and I came in at about 4.45 and, wow. and crossing that finish line was just the most incredible feeling. And instantly, those 12Ks are now a memory. Mm, you know, like that's mm. what's so fascinating. It's just, and so that was actually, and that was more of a hard come down actually after that run because I was really confused and I was disappointed. But then you're like, well, you can't be disappointed. You just run you a marathon. a marathon, yeah. So, but the, and then I looked at, then it was like, but then you can be open and honest about why that went that way and you need to talk about it and what, you know, had you overtrained, which I believe I had. I actually think I'd overtrained for that one. Um, so I think I went into it tired. Um, and I, yeah. So, but, but ever since, like, I, I feel like I learnt way more from that happening than if it hadn't happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. I'm I'm a firm believer, and this is something we've talked about on the podcast. Like we need to like reframe how we feel about failing because failing is considered a bad thing and a thing to avoid. But you learn so much more out of yeah. your your fails and your your fuck ups than than your successes. Well, I think that a lot of people, when people message me and ask me about running and Hey, have you got? Any, I'm, I'm, I want to start out running, and I, I want some tips and tricks, and da 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 da. So, the, so first of all, I say to people, just so you know, I'm not a running coach, but I'll just give you some advice in terms of what people probably should know, and that is, don't just chuck your shoes on and think that you should go out and run five k's. Like everyone's got this amazing <laughs> benchmark that they think that they should go and yeah, do that, yeah, right? Yeah. And then so they go out, they have a terrible time because a running is hard. B, 5Ks is a long way to run. So C, they're like, well, that was shit. I don't want to do that again. So I always say to people, just take your time. Like run one lamppost and then walk the next. And and remind yourself that walking isn't failure either because I think people think you have to go out running and that once you're running, the minute you stop or the minute you start walking, that's you've failed. And so that's always my bit of advice for people is just, you know, like – you can run one one lamppost and then walk and then the next day's two and two and then the next day's three and three. Such a better way to do it than just having this weird expectation that everyone should be able because if everyone's running is different. You go to a marathon, there's people everyone's got different running techniques mm. and styles, so not everyone's built the same. Um and so you don't have to, you know, 
it, it's a slow process to learn to love it. Yeah. I mean, how, how long did it take you to fall in love with it? Was it a while well, or? No, I think. Sounds like it was just always sort of simmering in the background yeah, it was of your always, life. It was. So I think, and but I also think that I've got to a point where I'm not doing it probably as much as I was when I, so I did, I did three marathons in relatively, I guess, quick succession. Like I did Auckland, then I did Queenstown, and then I did Hawke's Bay. So one a year. And then after I did Hawke's Bay, I was like, I don't think I need to do another one for a wee while. I think I'm good with the marathons for a minute. And then and then, then I started exploring a bit of off-road, bit of trail, and then obviously entering the coast to coast. So my, I, I think pulling back a little bit has kept my my love for it and yeah, just right. you know because I fire burning yeah because it just your legs are always sore yeah. too <laughs> like oh my knees crack and yeah. it's like okay you need to you know like you need to just pump the brakes a little bit on it mm. so so I think yeah after Hawks Bay I was like I don't want to train for another marathon but then yeah doing it and 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 actually a lot of what I'm doing now is I guess a bit more trail things with hills in them, which I'm like, I'm sweet to walk mm. that. Not everyone needs to run up a hill, so, yeah, you know. absolutely, absolutely. So you, you're, are you just sort of more about enjoyment, the enjoyment factor? Yeah. It, well, or is there still that sort of competitive streak? Oh, definitely a competitive streak in me. Um, you know, I, I so I've spent the past, when did I start training for, I guess, like, July last year is probably when I started training, July, August, started training for the Coast to Coast. And so that was, you know, that's running, biking and kayaking. Um, and so, but it was different because it was like coast to coast is an adventure race. So you were like packing up the car and taking the kayak and ca- paddling down the gorge or running up hills. Oh, and, scrambling up rocks. That goat's oh. pass run is incredible. But it's, I don't know if you can call it running for most it's, <laughs> yeah, The it's, last 10Ks over like big river boulders. Oh, it's... It, it is an absolute monster goat pass, and I've now done it. Um, I think I may have done it one, two, three, four, five, five times. Wow! And it never. Do you know what? Like every time I've done that run, so it's a, for people that are not familiar, it's a thirty-three k mountain run near Arthur's Pass, and you essentially do run up a river alongside a river. <laughs> there isn't really a track. Yeah. There's sort of like maybe ten percent yeah. is track. And it is a monster. Like, it's beautiful. But every time I do it, I'm like, why did you do that again? That was huge. Like, it's massive. And it is massive. Yeah. And it's just really, really hard. And every time you do it, you forget about a section. Like, you're like, oh, this I forgot bit about was, it. This bit wasn't here last time. Like, or, or, like, there's, a, there's this classic bit before you get to Goat Pass and you forget how long it is and you're like... Where is the stupid hut? And then all of a sudden it appears and you're like, oh, thank God for that. Yeah, and, then the, 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 and the river stones at the end, they seem to go on for oh. days. Well, by then, your legs are just so sore. Yeah. And so you're running along the riverbed and you're just like, you get, I, the amount of times that I get the drunk legs and you just fall over. You're like, whoops, mm. you know. But it is a beautiful experience. So, yeah, and then funnily enough, I was supposed to be doing the Queenstown Marathon, which was at the time of us recording this, was going to be this weekend because I was doing it to raise money for the Catwalk Spinal oh, Trust. Cool, cool. But that's, again, been pushed out to November. Yeah. So, oh, because you did it at the time of recording this. You did, you just, like, farted out a half marathon <laughs> yesterday. Is that yes. just because you didn't want the training to go to waste for Queenstown? Um, or are you just always I just, half marathon fit? I'm, well, 
I think that that's where I'd like to sit, actually. Yeah, <laughs> half marathon fit, I think, is a good place to be. So a nice couple of hours out on the weekend is, a, I reckon, is an it's ideal. A, it's a fun distance. Yeah, it's I, a challenge, I, like two hours. Not... I like a good yeah. two-hour run. Um, so I saw that it was on, and I'd never actually been out to Maraitai, and it was absolutely beautiful. So it was like, yeah, let's just do that. So I do – I want to keep – coast-to-coast fitness is – is a whole nother sort of level, um, but I kind of want to keep. You can't. I, I. I don't need to keep that for months. You should probably shouldn't as someone that does it as a bit of a weekend warrior. Yeah. yeah. But um, definitely loving being really fit. Love yeah. it. You know. That's great. Oh, that feeling of having it like a long run, like a two-hour run, and that soreness you get afterwards. It's the most incredible feeling, eh? Yeah. So much self-satisfaction. Mind you, I must say the old legs yesterday because it was. Um, I've been doing a lot on the road, and a lot of it was on the road. It was like, oh shit, what's happening to my whatever the things in my side are, <laughs> hip flexors or whatever. It was like, oh, but it was good, you know. And and um, I'll just sort of keep, yeah, keep, yeah. keep the legs moving, eh? Yeah. Oh, good for you. Um, can we go right back? We'll go right back to so you you leave school, you go to journalism. Why did you want to be a journalist? Um, but- what, what was your idea? Like, how did you see? Like your 20s or your 30s playing out back then? So sort of in the last couple of years of high school, I decided that I wanted to be like a a war correspondent. I wouldn't want to go and do that now, but I would, well, well maybe. <laughs> but what you wish for. Yeah, yeah. Ukraine, but I just, no thanks. I was like, I would like to travel the world. I, was, I pretty much was like, though, I'd like to um, go and report on war, but I'd also like to. Like Mike McRoberts used to do yeah, with the bulletproof vest on, even though like Mike. in front of the hotel. Yeah, yeah, very much like Mike. <laughs> And I thought I'd love to travel the world and be a journalist. And so that was obviously like radio. And then I, we actually had a really good careers advisor at high school. And she sort of said, oh, look, there's a few, there's a few little options here. And she was like, I think you should go to university, though, I think. And she was great advice. She was like, I think you should go to university. You strike me as the type of person that would really enjoy something like that. Get a bit worldly wise and then sort of see if that's still what you wanted to do. And that, that is what I did. I went to Canterbury. Um, I did a, um, a a political science and communications degree, wow. and then my fourth year was a graduate postgraduate diploma in journalism with Jim Tully. So that yeah, four years at Canterbury, great, um, and then and then yeah, then went into journalism. Right, and you, while you're doing this, you're in the um, the army as well, in the territorials. <laughs> So, yeah. did, wait, did you want to go to war to fight or to report? I'm confused. I, I could have done the same <laughs> thing. You know? Multitasking. Like, right, here we go. I've, I will crossing live. Microphone in one hand. Don't right worry, I've got other. this. I've got this, you know. Well, the, the army story is actually quite funny because when I was in seventh form, try and keep, when I was in seventh form, the army recruiters came to school and they were like, we're having a week out at Burnham Military Camp and it's really fun and, you know, would like people to come and I was like oh, that's, that's like a fun thing to do so it was like in the July school holidays and I remember it and it was like there were so many elements to it that were everything you can imagine in the, in the movies like getting yelled at crawling through mud I was like this is awesome like this is great like you know and so then at the end of that they were like we think you would make a gr- great officer and I was like oh really and so then they gave me like gave me all this information and then I was like, I'd never thought of that. And then, of course, they had different scholarships that you could do with university. And I was like, oh, they could pay for your university. 
And it was like, oh gosh. So I get in the car, mum and dad pick me up and I'm like, mum, I'm thinking of joining the army. And they were like, oh, what? <laughs> this was not supposed to happen. But I did and I went along a few months later and I did the what's called an officer selection board. And so they every year, I'm not probably is still the same, every year they pick 60-odd people a year to um, be offered to train to be officers, and then you go to Waiuru and do your basic training. So I d- did that. So I got in, I got accepted into this like officer selection board thing, and then January of she was back in 04, 2004, and I went away bef- and did two and a half months basic training before uni started. And became an and then graduated then as an officer cadet. Now the funny thing being, my my seventh form grades weren't good enough to get the get the scholarship, so I, so I didn't get the scholarship. But I was like, at that point, I was like, oh, this is great fun anyway. What a good experience! Yeah. So um, and then I just was I, so I was in the territorials for four years. I ended up changing to just um not not carrying on with being an officer, but I went and switched over and became a private. And then in the first year, I went to Brunei, uh, which is near the Borneo jungle, and did like a, a jungle exercise. And that was all in first year uni. And then I did three more years before. I, and then I moved up here. And when I moved up here to become a journalist, I I decided that I couldn't give it the commitment that that I felt it needed. So I, I, I left, which I was totally fine with. It was like, no, I, I can't give that the priority. I really need to focus on my career right now. Um, so it was like that had to give. Oh, so yeah, the media lifestyle is way more fun, isn't it? Yeah, no, well, no one's shouting at you at five a.m. No, unless you're still at a party and oh, high on no, coke. That's not entirely true because if anyone remembers Kevin Hercock, my first boss, he would shout at you at five a.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brody, yeah. there's been a car crash. I need you to go. Yeah. You know. So, so, you, so you're a journalist at Radio Live. You do a bit of TV stuff. Then you end up on Breakfast, uh, which I, I feel I can't imagine you doing anything other than yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like I can't imagine, I can't imagine you necessarily like being like a straight like news presenter, just sticking to a script, not not injecting your own authenticity into it. I, well, I, I don't know. I'm sure you could do it well. You can do anything you want to do well, but I feel like yeah, something with a bit more editorial definitely suits you. Well, it's funny because those jobs. Um like the radio jobs at Radio Live and News Talk were very much like very much hard news, and then I went overseas. So I went and did my OE for just over a year, and then I came back and worked on Q and A as a producer, and then then I got a job on Seven Sharp, and so that was the first year of Seven Sharp. It was also the year that I got an absolute bagging by everyone who wanted to offer their opinion about it. Who was on it? Was that Mike Hosking? No, was that no, um, it oh, was, Greg Boyd, um, Greg and, Alison Moore, and, and Jesse, Jesse Mulligan? Right, right. Yeah, and so we were all on this show, and um, that was, I guess. The first time, I, I, I would, I think it would be fair to say, in New Zealand, sort of news in the news and current affairs space, that something was of that. Here's some personality behind that kind of, and and I think it was quite jarring for people that that was on at seven o'clock. You'd had, you know, Campbell live and close up, and for for you know, in, in the yeah, homes, homes before that. Yeah. So you'd had all of this hard news. And then here was us trying to make things a bit lighter, and, and which ironically, and that, sort of in hindsight, paved the way for the project. Yes, absolutely. So now I think that there is probably quite a nice balance of that, and so that was when, that was when some of the feedback towards me was, that's actually what you're quite good at is just injecting your personality in with in and around the talent that you work with, 
and that was sort of really where it was born, mm. probably on yeah. Seven Sharp. How did you handle at the time? The, some I'm guessing you're like mid twenties at the time. You must have been twenty six okay. or so. Yeah. How did you handle like the trolling and the negativity? Because I know I know that, that can be bad online, but in TV in particular, TV people seem oh, to bear yeah. the brunt of it. Yeah, I've seen know, some I've seen some horrible stuff about you online. Yeah, pretty. It was pretty wild, and you were quite. I, I just always found it quite fascinating that people could be so mean as adults. Like I, yeah. you know, you remember, you know, arguments and 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 like you know the high school stuff that went on, you know, when, when you were teenagers. But you kind of would think, have we not all outgrown that kind of behaviour? And the way, So I, I, I will admit there was stuff that was really mean and and you would absolutely take it to heart. What what like? Do you want to go there or well, not, well, not, you don't particularly well, want to? Do you know what? Do you know the, 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 there was a common theme for a while <laughs> Which was always quite, like, I can laugh about it now. And actually, as it would sort of happen, you were like, what? There was a really <laughs> underarching theme that I looked like a man. So there were a lot of lot of men, I must say as well, that were like, would comment on me looking like a man. And it was like, okay, all right, well, that's cool. But why do you feel the need to type mm. it? Like, mm. what, 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 you know? And... um Actually, this one is funny because this was really creative and I will always remember <laughs> I will always remember it. One was she looks like Christian Cullen with a wig and lippy on. <laughs> and I'm you, mates with him. I can probably get him with a Yeah, with a and wig we could and put, and we could be like separated <laughs> separated at birth. Yeah, he might find it a weird text, but yeah. whatever. So that I think Shit. I actually remember it probably at that point. That's when I went, Okay, this is ridiculous. Like you cannot take this shit seriously. And so uh, here's a little yarn. I um, remember when I was working on breakfast. I think breakfast was when it was at its worst. And People are grumpier in the morning. Oh, man, <laughs> honestly. And so there's, there was this one guy who would always, on the breakfast page, he would tag, always tag his friends and, and say just stuff like, um, oh, it looks like his five o'clock shadow's about to sprout and all this kind of shit, like almost every day. And you're like... Dude, what, what's up with that? On, like, a, on a fake account or his own pro? No, 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 right, no. So right. here's- Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's a thing. So I had a, a friend of mine had um, done something similar in terms of calling out. Like I, I, I would quite often sometimes respond, like respond, um, because so many times you'd see someone being mean to you, and you'd go and look at their profile picture, and there's them with some kids or something, and you're mm. like, "Mate, what if your kids came home from high school crying because someone someone has yeah, been as horrible as you've yeah. been to me?" So this one particular guy, I thought, right, do you know what? No, this is not happening. So I went onto his Facebook page. I could he had where he worked. 
So I <laughs> rung the number. I rung oh, I like the where this I, is going. I rung the work number. <laughs> I'm just going to get the popcorn. Yeah, and I and and a man answered the phone, and I said, um, "Hi there. I'm just wondering, is this the employment of X Y Z?" And this guy was sort of like. Um, Yes, and I was like, "Oh, cool. Look, my name is Brody Kane. Um, I'm calling from the breakfast show. But work didn't know I was doing this either, by the way. I- I'm calling from the breakfast show. Um, I'm just wondering whether your workplace has a online bullying policy." And he was like, "Oh, sorry, you know, come again. I'd completely put him on the spot." Oh, look, just you've got a, a an employee by the name of X Y Z, um, and he is relentlessly bullying me online. Um, on our breakfast page and it's not okay. And so I'm just curious as to whether you've got a policy about your employees and their behaviour in the online world. And so bless this guy, he was very sort of, um, oh, I'm not sure what breakfast is, I don't know what, you're, I'll have to, can you, um, I'll have to have a look into it. So he was quite sort of, you know, then anyway, bugger me days, he rings back, this guy rings back half an hour, an hour later and he's like, Hi, Brody. My name is XYZ. I am the father of XYZ. And I am so, I know exactly who you are. In fact, I really like you and watch you on breakfast every morning. And I was, I'm sorry that I wasn't like straight up with you to start with, but I was so shocked and I just didn't know what to do about that. How old is the son? Like at old age? He was like 22. Right, right. And he was like, I'm so sorry. Um, I'm so disappointed. My son works for me um, part-time. He's studying to be an engineer at university, and I just had never known the side to him. And so that was, you know, I went, well, yeah. I said, well, that's interesting. So then um, we had a great chat, and he was like, I, I, I'm, he's in a lot of trouble, and I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to get him to ring you and apologise. And I was like, bring it on. Bring it on. 22 years old, grown-ass man, still being told off by his dad. I know. That is spectacular. I know. And so this young chap rang me, and I just said to him, I said, look, I actually don't care what you think of me. You can think I'm ugly. You can think I look like I'm getting five o'clock shadow. I don't actually give a shit. But what makes it okay for you to go onto my work page and put that up there. Like, why is that okay? And, you know, and I said, and furthermore, I've gone onto your Facebook page. You've got a lovely looking girlfriend. Can you imagine if she came home and some asswipe said what you've said about me to her on the street or something? So it was quite like... You tore him a new one. Yeah, because and but I wanted to do it in that kind of like... You know, just wake up, mate. Like yeah, break it down to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if you've, how, yeah, how, how you did it with the girlfriend? How would you feel if yeah. she came home? I think that's a good way of breaking it down. And so, again, I, I have learned over the years that um, not everyone, not everyone has to like you. Like I don't. There's days where I'm like, shut up, lady. Talking about my, you know, but you have to realise that in a job of a, or in a in the in the public space. Not everyone is going to like you, and that's actually okay. So, yeah, yeah, so I think when you learn that that you have a that I have a style and a way that will be abrasive or too much for other people, that's absolutely fine, absolutely fine. Um, as long as you um, are not, aware of that and and you're not being a, a dickhead as well, um, then that's fine. But this whole like everyone thinking that they should have an opinion on everyone, it's like leave it at home. You know, like I'll sit at home and, and, and watch television and you're, you're with your mates and you're like, gosh, what's 
what's bloody Wendy Petrie? Actually, that's unfair. <laughs> yeah. That's unfair because Wendy Petrie is on fire every single night of the yeah. week. Hillary, on the other hand, with her, <laughs> with her ample cleavage most nights. Yeah, I mean, right. So what is with what is with everyone thinking that yeah. they should talk online and go? I mean, they got you know, it's, it's all that whole like free speech yarn, and that's like, well, we all didn't have keyboards before, and yeah. it was a much peace, more peaceful place, but. So I just I always find that fascinating that it's like we, what gives you the right to call someone something mean as an adult? Yeah. Jeez, you should have learned by now. It is me. Yeah, I I agree with you hundred percent. So like Hosking, for example, Mike Hosking, polarizing, and that's fine. You can you can say can't stand the bloke or I love the bloke. That's fine. Personal attacks not fine. And and the funny. So who are these people? Well, the funny thing is as well as our brains are wired so. If 99 people say to you, you look really nice today, or shit, you're a good person, and one person says something in an asshole way, why do you always focus on the mm. one? Like, why do we always go, oh, man, you know, Linda on Instagram was really mean to me today, or like, you know? Yeah. So we just have to learn more that, you ju- yeah, you just have to sort of put it into perspective and just go, okay, that says more. But I, 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 I think that, there does need to be more done to kind of like yeah. cut that trolling stuff out because it's just, oh, it's just a bit lame. It's yeah. so lame. Oh, it is. It's awful. Yeah, it's, it's unacceptable, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I thought I was always, yeah, maybe that's just human nature that you're drawn towards the negative comment and a sea of positive comments. I thought with me, I'm, I'm, I'm like an approval junkie. I'm obsessed with being liked. So, yeah, yeah. So, when, yeah, we, we get nice texts all morning and then there'd be one mean one and I'd, I'd, I'd like Google the number and yeah, try yeah. and look them up. Oh, his profile picture's a car. Huh. Yes, it's always <laughs> a car. The, it's always a car. And then I think I've spent ten minutes of my day just stewing on this pointless text. Yeah, yeah. What's I know. I don't know why we do that, but you need. We need to learn more not to do that. And I think that that, like, um, going back to I guess social media and me doing a lot of what I do on on my in, my own Instagram page is that, you know, you can say to, so if someone comes in and says I, I don't agree with you or I don't like what you've said, it's like. Do you know what's amazing? You can hit one button button and it says unfollow and and you you don't you don't have to see it. You mm. don't have to, you know, we why, why do we feel like we have to offer up everything that we feel about another particular person, yeah, you yeah, know? So yeah. um I think that you you know yeah, sorry, I'm not just I'm not just doing this content for you, lady. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's 45,000 other people that don't mind yeah. it. But in, in, so, but that's what I, it goes back to. It goes, we can't all like each other. Not everyone likes each other. So, and you and you can't please everyone. Yeah, and and, so and you have to be a, okay with that. But that's the worst mistake you can make, I think, trying to be all things to all people. Yeah. Oh gosh, I'll be exhausted. Yeah. But do do you think with that stuff, um, do you think the army helped, or do you think it's like your upbringing? You know, your, your parents are obviously t- like tough bastards. Your mum, yeah, with a with a swimming and your dad with his long runs? Do you know what? I think that, um, yeah, I, I've, I have, they both have taught me some pretty wonderful life lessons um, in terms of like being good and, and I guess, accountable. Um, Mum, they both actually were very much like you have to take responsibility for your own actions. And I, I actually used this example the other week when some of the bad stuff was kicking off down at the protests in Wellington. And it was a lesson that I learned from my parents when I was a teenager, which is um, about the, your behaviours and the behaviour of those around you. And so like there was a, a like a 
a year, no, I don't even think it was about a year, but there was a year or so that I was, I don't know if you'd say off the rails, but yeah, probably a little bit off the rails. And so at one point I was in like a cabin at the camping ground and the people I was with trashed the camp, the cabin. And I didn't actually. Those damn people you were with. Yeah, but I got. I got. I actually got in so much trouble. I actually think I might have gotten more trouble than the people I was with, because they were like, "It doesn't matter that you didn't do anything; you were complicit." And so I had those kind of like my my parents were quite strict. Like I did, I did like sneak to a few places, but like if if I was going to a party, they were like, "Well, who's the parent and what's their number?" And it was like, "It's down at the river." Like there is no parents, but you know, like <laughs> so, so, but so, so those kind of lessons were, were were pretty early on, and then I guess another thing that I've watched in my mum's career is she has always been. Now this is interesting because the words that you use are like you know strong. We use that word outspoken. You know, says what she believes, sticks up for what she believes in. Now, particularly in her generation. She sort of navigated that through that whole, I guess, the patriarchy where it's like stroppy, bossy, who's this woman, you know? Yeah. And so I've <laughs> yeah, wa- yeah, I have yeah. watched her evolve and ha- having always been that woman, ha- having always stuck up for herself or people um, and – and sometimes that meant that her reputation was as such like, like a ball breaker yeah, or Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I've always looked up to that and I love that we are slowly and eventually getting to a space where oh my god it's okay for women to be strong and on the same level as men and you know let's not call them stroppy or divas or any of that <laughs> shit anymore, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. So um I've 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 often looked at that and and want to sort of like carry on that kind of Legacy, mm. yeah. God, they've done a they've done a great job, eh? And uh, to see the relationship with your mum now, yeah. Because my um, because I was from a Catholic family, so they were very very strict, and I yeah. feel like that sort of hindered the relationship I have with my mum now because I I kept so much from her, yeah. Um, so now it's sort of like oh, I'll still keep that from her because we just don't have that sort of open communication when it, but how, so you've got that with your mum even though she was super strict yeah and, and so it wasn't yeah it wasn't like we, we've all they've been amazing in terms of like they've just you know when I didn't have my licence but I was swim training mum's up at five dad's up at five driving you to swimming to the pool you know like they've always and you you definitely I, I think it was probably lucky that it wasn't that long that you you know that automatic teenage like oh Get out, you know, because then I realised how how lucky I how lucky I was to have parents that would come to every surf life saving competition, mm. be there for everything, be there for you know all that stuff. Um, but actually, I think um, probably our relationship grew even um, stronger. Uh, probably in the more recent years where mum and dad split, which is actually still relatively recent, and so. That Sorry w- to hear that. Are they yeah. both okay? Oh, they're, yeah, they're yeah, good. Good. Yeah. Time heals. Time does heal. There's <laughs> another one, for, you know, for the quote book. Time does heal. So that was that, that was a very tricky space for everyone. Um, but I think that that was sort of um, where I, we started spending a lot more time together. Yeah. And, um, and and she's just cool, man. She she's so fun and so funny, and we're very similar. But I think. And and so you know we can we can bash heads, but I actually think that that's diminishing over time. And I think, you know, we spent all of that very first lockdown together, and then I actually moved um, moved out to live with her at Waikuku Beach last year, and we lived together for a, for a year, and we really we actually hardly fought. Like we could we could always tell each other's vibe if it's like, 
oh, I think she might need a bit of space, space. <laughs> you know. Like, and we did it. We always had a timeout in lockdown. It was like if you pulled that, it was like get get out, timeout, timeout. But um, I I think that um, we have got to a place where we know when. Yeah, like it's funny because you always think about your parents and you think like your parents might tell you something. Like mum would always laugh back in, in, in the teenage years where she would give me surf life-saving advice. The last people you wanted advice from was your parents. So she could say, hey, the, the drift is going that way. You need to run 100 metres up the beach. And I'd be like, oh, whatever, mum. And then some, <laughs> like, you know, coach would be like, right, guys. And you're like, right, I better do that, you know. But now I yeah, feel like I yeah. listen to her more. And sometimes, like, I feel is that like. just a respect that comes with age? And that they actually quite do know what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, they actually got. She's quite smart. And sometimes I'll say to her, look, I'm, I'm not looking for criticism today. You know, like because, you know, particularly in the last couple of years, you know, working for myself and finding my feet and, and figuring it out. Sometimes you need advice, and then some days you actually just need people to listen. And so I'll sometimes I'll go, look, I, I don't care if I'm actually right or wrong today. I. I just need to get this off my chest, mm. and maybe in two or three days' time, I might be ready for for some home truths. But I'm not ready for it today, so <laughs> I, I feel like we've got to quite a good space, like with yeah. that. Yeah, shit. You you have had some stuff going on in the the last couple of years. How's um how's your mental health been? Is your mental health all good? Yeah, you, you seem like you seem resilient and strong. Yeah, like it's. You've de- never had any issues. Like no, if, if it was ever going to flare up, like the redundancy thing at the beginning of lockdown, that would flare up a mental health thing. I yeah, think. I think that around that because that just that happened. The redundancy from um, the hits in Christchurch was like quite out of the blue. Like it was like oh <laughs> oh oh. Oh sh- okay, all right, okay, okay. Yeah, so you so you're doing the the breakfast radio show on the hits in Christchurch. Yeah, and then um they 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 made a whole lot of um shows outside of Auckland redundant yeah. to pipe in John on Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you hate John on Ben now? Oh, they're a, such like, no, I can't <laughs> hate no, no, them because it's they're not like the, not the, yeah, no. and that's what you understand really really quickly. And, yeah. and 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 actually, the best advice I got was really immediately um after after the redundancy, which was don't take it personally. You cannot take redundancy personally. I think I was really relieved mm. to to get that information. Well, so I, I also feel like um, it's easy to take it this way that they're, they're cost cutting by getting rid of local shows, which is a bad thing for the future of the industry because it mean, means there's a whole lot less shows around. But yeah. anyway, that's a sidebar. But I feel like it's e- probably easier to take being made redundant because they're saving money rather than getting to an end of a bad survey period and they're like, sorry, just yeah. nobody likes you. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> for the record, we were growing. But anyway, that's, you know, it doesn't it doesn't matter yeah. because yeah. You're, you are a cog in a wheel and you're part of a plan and then all of a sudden if that plan changes, you might be collateral. And it's a it's a ruthless industry. It is a ruthless industry. Oh, it's not for the faint, is it? No, and, and, and one day you're in, the next day you're out. But I think that so so in the immediate aftermath of that, then we, we we were you know, COVID hit really quickly, and then we were in lockdown, and then you were watching all these other media organisations, yeah, magazines, making you know like yeah, Bauer shutting down, Radio Sport, all of that stuff, and I was just like, holy shit, man! Like, what am I going to do? Like, no one's going to give up their job anywhere. So so I must say that was probably. I, 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 I don't like to throw around the terms, but I definitely think that there was a level of anxiety that I had never felt ever 
You never. Well, that's understandable. Also, I suppose you, you, part of you, I don't know, I'm putting your words in your mouth here, but part of you is probably like, well, I'll do some public speaking. Yeah, but then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no I'll one's go. allowed to leave the fucking house. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and you're like, and you're stuck, and you are stuck at home. So the first couple of weeks of lockdown, um, I was all over the place. I was like, oh, gosh. And then I just sort of like tried to like relax and just figure out, you know, what I wanted to do. And so, yeah, it was a, it was, it was a weird time. And, but then I, once I sort of was like, okay, just what are you going to do? 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 Well, you're going to do the podcast. Yeah, yeah, good. Girls will, you know, that's a that's a good thing to focus on for the next few, you know, let, let's get just that off the Keep your mind ground. active. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, then I was like, well, I've always wanted to work for myself. And I've always seen people that have like, that are essentially like contract themselves or do this gig and then they'll go and do that project. And I'm like, that's always seemed really cool to me. So I thought... Well, why don't you just set up your own little business and then make make the rest up as you go along, which is essentially what I've done. And that's Brody Kane Media. Yeah, very and original name. Yeah, I know yeah, oh it's a good name. It's a, well, yeah, your name is I your was brand. Gonna, I was going to come up with something like whiz bang, like we did think for a while, like Hurricane Media, because I am a bit of a hurricane. But then it was like, no, no, just your name. Your name's good. So yeah, yeah. you've got a good reputation. You may as well like uh, own it and yeah, capitalize on it as much as you can. Yeah. And um, h- how long was it before? Because I, I, I feel um, I feel like I'm picking your brains here because I feel like I'm where you were two years ago. Yeah. How long was it before you got your first dollar coming in? Um, <laughs> well, like months, weeks. Well. I mean, if you consider the wage subsidy your first paycheck. (laughs) (laughs) No, your first proper proper, payment, because that must have been incredibly satisfying. Well, luckily enough, I was um, already doing – I already had a few good relationships – um, within some like within social media activities, yeah. so there there were a couple some of brands th- that were prepared to yeah. support you. So there were a couple of things that were that businesses were doing during lockdown and stuff. Like I, I actually no, that was what I, I did. I, I I did a gig with New World where I made my um, homemade. They're so good. My homemade lockdown beans, be- like homemade beans that you have with brunch, delicious. So you're still under contract. No, no, I'm not actually. No, I'm not. But I remember making those beans for New World. That was what I did. That was a paycheck that I got in lockdown. Okay. So, um, but yeah, and so you will learn very quickly that you might have a really stonking month and you're like, whoa, make it rain. And then you won't get paid for three months. And you're like, whoa, you know, like especially over Christmas, New Year's, mm. and especially again with the red light setting and yeah, all the events and that stopping again. So, it is tough, but oh my god, setting so your satisfying. own setting your own hours, marching to the beat of your own drum, is the most amazing experience ever. Like, it's so awesome. And then you can choose who you want to work with, and you have a lot of creative freedom, and so it becomes even more passionate. Um, but what I would say is, have a really have a really good brains trust around you. And, and whether it's like a best mate and a mentor and a someone else that you can meet with that will have the hard conversations with you because you can go, I really like the idea of this podcast and you can enjoy doing it and and you go, oh, I'm really proud of this. But you also need people to be like, hey, um, have you thought about this? Or, if you, you know, and, and that, are, that, you yeah, feel com- right. that you feel comfortable having that those people can do Tough that. Tough conversations. Yeah. Who, who have you got in yours? Um, so I've got my, my wonderful friend, Brayden, 
Um, and 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 he actually works in radio, and he's amazing. He's a smart dude. Yeah, yeah. very smart dude. Uh, wonderful friend of mine, Laura Hayden, who sort of comes through on the sort of like marketing side of things. Oh, she's she's a great human as well. Yeah, the, yeah. Um, the, the 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 daughter of the uh, the late All Black Andy Hayden. Yeah, uh, she, so she's, she's just an epic human and real smart as well. She's so she's Love part her. of the Brains Trust. Um, another. Oh, yeah, she of, won't bullshit. Yeah, no, no bullshit. <laughs> and then a, a a very creative friend, a very creative good friend of mine, Monique. Uh, my mum is and like. Quite often we'll we'll chat to Ali Moore, um, and and just so that you are sort of hearing from people, talking to people about the things that you're doing. Yeah. Oh, but like I will also now if there's anyone, you know, we are uh, very proud, you know, New Zealanders. We don't like to ask for help, but advice that I got early on in the piece of going out on your own is to actually ask people for help. Mm. Ask people like for advice. Don't be afraid to do it. So. I have learned that that is that is a good thing to do is mm. to tap into people that you know that might be more skilled at that and be like, hey, can I just pick your brain? And and yeah, that's okay to do it. That's okay 100%. to do as well. People people love offering out their time. Like you must have had someone go, hey, I'm interested in a career in radio. Can I meet you for a coffee? And you're like, yeah, well, bugger it because you always remember the one or two people that did that for you. And I and I remember things that like I remember. Donna Marie Lever and Ali Moore taking me out to teach me to do piece to cameras, and you'll never like you never forget mm. those they people taking the time. They took the time when the they time. didn't need to. Yeah, yeah. And so, if you can if you can play that forward a bit, and 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 so and and understand that other people enjoy doing that for you. So so do that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I'm 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 very well aware of spreading myself too thin, but I like to help people where I can. Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, no, you, no, you, you want to get those karma points. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Um, now, something something else I wanted to ask you about. When you Google you, there's a 2017 Women's Day story about you being on Bumble <laughs> and being on Tinder, um, and you were saying you were single for 30 years. Oh, my God. How, how old are you now? What are you now? 30, 35. 35. Single for 35 years. Really? Yeah. Do you know what's hilarious? That's one of those classic things that happens where you're sitting doing, that was a woman. was it a Women's Day, did you say? Women's Day, I yeah, think, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, So you're sitting there, the article's supposed <laughs> to be about the new breakfast show or something, right? And you're sitting there with the TVNZ publicist, and here we go. And then, like, literally, they ask something, and then the, the interview's just about to finish. You've just really behaved yourself and been like, this is great, and what a great opportunity, and, ah, oh, all the challenges. And at the end... Literally, I was like, yeah, <laughs> nah, 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 no boyfriend on the scene. Bloody hell, been single for 30 years. That's the headline. Headline. That's the clickbait. Then that's the bit that this, the, the Herald, and it's like, <laughs> Brody Kane, quote, I've been single for 30 years. Well, of course I have, because for I was a baby for two, an infant for, like, you know, yeah. you're like, oh, my God. And so, you yeah. You can deduct that, those years. Come yeah, on. Yeah, I know, I know. Give me, give me some reduction. Yeah. So, so 35 years. Wait, have you never been in love? Everyone ready for the violin? I've never been in love. I've never been in love. Um, I did. I did quite like a fella once, um, like around uni. But I've never. I've. I've never had a proper boyfriend. I could actually say that I've never had a proper boyfriend. I don't know why. What's, what's your longest relationship? What do you reckon? Oh God! That, again, that like was, a few months. Like maybe three months. Yeah, yeah. yeah but that was. Ages ago, right. it was so long ago. Right, and it shouldn't. Even, it sh- it's not a big deal, and it shouldn't be a big deal. But, I mean, but I've, when I've, you're I've a... met gentlemen, yeah, yeah, but just yeah. for good times, not long times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got, a, got a bloody thesis in that, you know. Like, that's fine. That's, that's we've well taken care of that. They, you know, the twenties were a great decade. But yeah, um, yeah. there's um there's a 
it's just it's, I think it's just hard when you're a woman with your biological clock and things and the you know the fertility thing. Like, are, are you have you frozen your eggs? Do you want to have kids one I day? Have you? They've thought about doing that. Um, it's very expensive. And it's 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 dumb that you, it's even a consideration. Well, I think that um, some days I'm like, some days I'm like, I absolutely want children, and then other days I'm like, more. Oh. But I, I I think I do. I'm I'm pretty sure mm. I do. But then, if I was really honest, I think I I still would like to have a child with someone I love. Mm. Do you know? Yeah. yeah. So like like what you had with your parents. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that still is something I'd like. Now, if there's a point further down the track that I go, oh, well, I would like to have a child now, I, I definitely think I would do that, as, irrespective of, of whether there was mm. a man on the scene. But I, I still think I like that the idea of, of creating a family with a, with a partner. Yeah. yeah, someone where there's a genuine connection. Yeah. yeah. And so... Do, what do you look for? Do you have a type? Would you say you've got a type? I mean, do you know what's quite funny is I think the longer you've been single, the, the higher. Like, people might think that you're standard strop. They don't. They only get... <laughs> yeah, because yeah, a lot of people would make the joke, so joke, a lot of people would make the joke, oh, anything with a pulse. Yeah, no, but no, But I feel no. like you get more discerning. And, and people say to you, oh, gosh, you must be too picky. And I go, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you're like, and do you know why? Because I'm like, you're damn right I am. Because I have seen that many, you know, people that get married or fall in love early and then by the time like they're in their 30s or whatever they hate each other or you know and it's like well you know far out good luck to you so i'm like i'm not i'm not settling for some loser and unfortunately, no, should, there's no, a lot you. of losers yeah. around. No disrespect to people that aren't losers, but there are a lot of losers around <laughs> that I, you know. And but so, do the losers realise they're losers? That's the thing. I don't know. Yeah, it's a I don't know. For another day. Yeah, and so I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I just, I probably think what would, what would my, what's my type on paper? Um, someone that could, uh, it, it can intellectually stimulate me, and they don't have to be. A rocket scientist, but you want to be able to have really good conversa- yeah. conversations with them, um, and then someone is funny, and that someone that is uh, caring and respectful. Mm. That yeah, those those things. Yeah, that doesn't seem like too much of a checklist. With a massive penis. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. But if it is, all sizes are welcome here. <laughs> oh my god. See, this is like the woman's. Day, this is the woman's day thing. Um, this is the woman's day thing. Anyway. Oh, that's. I, yeah, I hope that person comes. You're not lonely though. Like you're. Nah, nah. It's, uh, the only time I'm lonely is if you're hungover on a Sunday and yeah, you're like, oh my god, all I cuddle. want is someone to cuddle me on the couch and feed and me. Bring me power. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not really. Yeah. But I am gonna. I, I think that. Look, we can't even count the past two years with the pandemic. Like, no one's been able to, surely no one's been able to find someone there. So we write that off. But So we're now up in, we're up in Auckland. So it's the first five years. We're taking yeah, them yeah, off the yeah. last two. We're wiping those. We're wiping those. Come on. So, but I'm, hey, and so I've recently moved back up here and I'm, 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 I'm getting back into the dating scene. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm, on the, I'm back on the yeah. things. And I'm just going to go at my own pace and see how we go. Well, you're a great catch. However, if you end up with someone, they're, they're very lucky. Yeah, will be. I know. They're very lucky. Um, when, you, when you Google you, one of the top Google searches is you and Ryan Bridge from the AM show. <laughs> What's going on there? Ryan's right. a, he's openly gay, isn't he? Openly gay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. You know, Why we, is there a rumour about you guys? Oh, my God, that was so funny. And, and actually, we, we, were got, we went to Queenstown together for a weekend. 
and who I think it was in Spy or something. And and I, I feel like they already might have known that, but just published it anyway. <laughs> and so we were like, that's fine. Any publicity is good publicity. Yeah, never let the truth and get And so, but he's a very dear friend of mine. His um, like his grandma and, and my late grandma were besties um, down in the wow. yeah down in the Carpety Coast. Um, and so we're great mates. I've actually bumped into him at the, at the petrol station the other day. Um, and he's obviously doing so well on AM and absolutely killing it. So. He's lovely. So we lived, So when when that great rumor came about around, we were actually living together. So that was even worse. It was like, oh gosh, what about when you emerge out the driveway? Like, so yeah, oh, he's that, such a fun guy. So sassy. Yeah, he's 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 doing really well. So yeah. I'm really proud of him. Okay. Um, hey, we'll end with some. I've taken so much of your time. You're so, you're so fascinating, so oh, interesting. We could chat forever. I'll end with some quick fire running questions. Oh, okay. What do you listen to when you run? Um, I'm into like heavy electronic drum and bass, like. Um, you know Wilkinson shapeshifter, yeah, doff doff. Like I've got a, I've got a. If anyone wants to listen to it, it's called the Run Finisher, <laughs> and I listen. To, it's not even the finisher now. It's just like two and a half hours right. of like Amazing. full noise. Uh, what is your favourite place to run? Like, do you, do you have like a specific route, like a trail somewhere, or is it just from home? Um, so up here, um, there's a everywhere's got hills, man. In Auckland, my God, but um, th- I, gosh. Anywhere that's out in the bush, you know. I love that Takapuna to Milford one too, along the rocks. Oh, like, that's great. There's a lot of people along there, though, yeah, usually, yeah, eh, if you yeah. get the timing right. Well, if you work for your own, you just go midweek, mid mid hours when no one's yeah. around. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. That, yeah, that, that is great. Um, I need one. to get up into the Waitakere's as well. Oh, so good. Although, yeah, $30 petrol each way. Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> uh, do you have a favourite shoe to run in? Uh, so I run in, um, is it hooker? Is that, how do you say Do you it? run in hookers? Yes, Oh, yeah, I love hookers. Yeah, that, that's all I run in. So I run, huh. yeah, yeah, um, the Hocker ATR Challenger. Right. And then I've got the Speed Goats for trail and then a Rincon one just for on the on the road. Yeah, big fan of them. I had a couple of Achilles complications um, and someone recommended them and I've never... Never had Touch Achilles <laughs> So much. They're, they're such a supportive show, yeah. aren't they? There's so much going on. Yeah. Probably never going to win a beauty contest. Like it's not oh as God, sexy as so ugly. <laughs> not as shout out to hookers. I please, love you. Please, if a Brody said that, not me. But send me another pair. They're so uh, beautiful. Send me some too. <laughs> no, but they are. Um, I mean, you get some sexy looking Nikes and some yeah. New Balance ones. But they they do the job better oh, than any. Other I love show. them. They have got they yeah. So I do, I love them. They are and you're not you know it's not about looks. <laughs> um, yeah, and you, no one looks good at the end of a run. Everyone's red in the face, so it's something to take away the attention of your face. Exactly. <laughs> oh, don't look at the face. Look at the ugly shoes. Yeah, check Jesus. out, check um, out the bottom on these, man. They look like rest home shoes. You know, like <laughs> you know, like yeah. Um, do you prefer to run alone or with a crew? Um, I, I very much love running with a crew now. Yeah, I love it. But I also like. I equally can put the headphones on and smash solitude. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, are you a summer runner or a winter runner? What's your favourite season? Well, I have a running joke about summer and, and when you run in summer and you often find yourself deep in the bowels of bloody Satan's asshole, um, which is a place that I don't recommend. So winter, but I've I've really pushed myself to be out there a bit more in the heat, learning to get tougher because sometimes I'm like, it's too hot, I'm not going to run. But now I've, I'm like, you can't pick 
the weather. So I'm like, you, if you, have to, you have to run in the heat. You have to run in the heat. That's a good attitude because if, if you're doing an event, you, you you know, if you wake up in the morning and it's too hot, what are you going to do? Just stay in bed? And so many of the of the things now are like quite, are quite apart from like Auckland, and that they are quite later in the day, mm. like some start at eight. So you know that you're going to start running in the heat of the day. So I, yeah. I try and punish myself a bit. But if I could choose a nice cool day over Satan's asshole, the cool day any day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and runner's high, is it real or a myth? It's definitely real. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like During you, or after or just wherever? Uh, d- d- Sometimes both. I feel like no run that you ever do is the same as another one, and I think that's why you love it so much. So you can go out and feel really flat in your run and really heavy, and you get home, still feel good. Mm. You can go out and be like, I am fucking killing it today. Get out, still feel good. You always feel good when you go out. So it is definitely a thing. Yeah, you never regret doing it, do you? Never. Never, ever. And um, last one, what's your why? Do you have a why? So my why goes back to that awful, awful, awful day at Queenstown and (laughs) how horrible I felt for probably two and a half to three hours of it. (laughs) But my why was how amazing is it what you can do to discover how far you can push yourself. So my fascination with challenging yourself um, is my why. And, you know, whether it's running or, or now kayaking or biking, you can, you can pull back from doing things because you're a bit intimidated or scared or whatever, or I don't know those people. You just have to keep reminding yourself, what's the worst thing that can happen? Go and give it mm. a crack. So, so that's sort of like pushing yourself just constantly just teetering out of that comfort zone yeah. is a really amazing thing to have mm. in your life like and not everyone's is this not everyone has to run a marathon but if you can find your reason to just constantly push yourself out of your comfort zone I feel like your your, your clarity your mental health and all that is is so much better for mm. it and that day in Queenstown you could have pulled out and you didn't yeah and y- your uh, mum yeah. must have been so proud you oh. must have been so proud you, the, the, you're literally running every step thinking, excuse the French, which I have used a bit, fuck this, fuck this, fuck this, <laughs> fuck this, fuck you're stupid, this sucks, this is shit. This is whole, three hours of that, three hours of that. And somehow at the end you're like, oh my God, you yeah, girl, you did it. Like, you know, and so you'll never ever forget that. And then next time something else different will happen and you just, it's an evolving um, experience of of yeah pushing the boundaries and I, I absolutely love that and I can't recommend just going out and finding something whatever it is and and just giving it a crack. Yeah, yeah. It's like this, there's a saying I like. It's just like put one foot in front of the other and yeah. it's um it's the same as with life as well. Like you go through these shitty periods but you'll get through them. Yeah. 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 Brody Kane, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. What a great chat. Oh, well, hey, I've, oh, it's been happy to be here. Um, we might have to circle back and you'll come on Kiwi Yarns. Oh, I'm very busy. I'm sorry. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> now that he's done, it's like, you're done. Thank you. Get out. Yeah. Uh, send me your analytics. And I went, yeah, yeah. No, I would, I would love to be an honour. Amazing. You've had Lisa Carrington on Kiwi She was Kiwi the Yarns. first one. First cab off the rank. Been downhill since then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Started way too high. No, yeah, it's, no, it's a fantastic podcast. And um, yeah, I'd, I'd urge anyone that doesn't follow Kiwi Yarns, give it a follow. And what are your other podcasts? Uh, the Girls Uninterrupted. Which has been going for years, yeah, by the way. Yeah, that's the, the gals. Um, and then uh, a very light but interesting end of the week summary of 
politics with three gals, one beehive. And then every Wednesday, um, three fabulously awesome, smart, intelligent gay men do Out the Gate. So they're all available on Apple and Yeah, so that's, um, that's Maddie McLean, uh, Chris Henry. And Brad Christensen. Right. Yeah. Might edit that bit out because it's beating me on the charts at yeah. the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brody Kane, thanks so much. Love you. Thank you for having me. There you go, Brody Kane. Absolutely love her. Real treasure. And you can check out her podcast, Kiwi Yarns, wherever you get your podcasts from. Thanks again to Triumph and Disaster for sponsoring the show. I really appreciate having you guys on board. And uh, with the sponsorship, hopefully we can get this thing bigger and better. By the way, if you're a business and you want to jump on board when the, um, the deal with Triumph and Disaster finishes up, send me an email, domharveynz at gmail.com, and uh, hopefully we can make some magic together. All right. Thanks, guys. See you soon. 